Welcome to Are We Recording? Welcome to our fucking podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of Are We Recording? Uh, this week's episode, we have the incredible Captain Hooter on. Uh, this man is not just a genius, but he has been to, I want to say, over 200, if not over like 500 different coffee shops and dispensaries in his lifetime. Um, he has made it his life's mission to educate and inform on this plant. Uh, and he is currently in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Uh, and he works with the incredible coffee shop Predemi, uh, which I won't get into. I will let him do all the talking. But without further ado, welcome Captain Hooter. If you like the show and you want to continue to support us, you can check out the link in our description for our tip jar. Welcome to our fucking podcast! Thank you so much, you guys. Today we have the incredible, the wonderful Captain Hooter. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show, first of all. Thank you so much um, for inviting so me. so fucking excited. Oh, this is great stuff. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm Sarah, by the way. I'm Sarah, Captain Hooter. Pleasure to meet you. Oh. It's so fun. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Hi Sarah. How are you? Very nice I'm doing well, and it's such a pleasure to meet you. I've, I, you know, I have not had the. This is my first time meeting you, so. Well, it's an honor pleasure. to meet both of you, and uh, I'm delighted that you invited me to uh, your podcast. Um, again, I'm a, I'm a fan already. I am following and doing a lot of social media work, uh, especially over the last six months. And you guys have been popping up all over the place. And uh, uh, one of my specialties is picking out uh, the most most authentic and uh, uh, the most uh, real people that I can find um, in the industry uh, to be part of uh, the kind of work that I'm doing. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm, I'm a big fan. Thank of you. And uh, I could so uh, boy, it's tough. Okay. So th- there's a lot going on here. So how do we start this? Uh, I'll start this with uh, Captain Hooter. So Captain Hooter um, became Captain Hooter when I was living, I had already moved here to the Netherlands with my wife and um, we Where were you from? in a foundation home, originally from California. I was born in Hollywood. Hey. I've lived all around. Uh, I've lived in Las Vegas. I've lived in uh, Laguna Beach for a long time, Dana Point, all of that area down there. I'm a SoCal primarily. Uh, okay. we raised our uh, daughter up on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, uh, Victoria. I know. My wife, you'll be thrilled to know is from Toronto and is a graduate of the university of Toronto and, uh, absolutely. And she's, she's got a ton of, of incredible stories from living there and growing up there in the most idyllic scenario you can imagine. Uh, same mom and dad all the way through high school, all the way through, you know, wow. walked across the, the yard to go to school and stuff. And, oh, heavenly growing up uh, in Toronto. Anyway, we, we ended up moving. We had a company in California for many, many years, worked for a whole bunch of big, large corporations, decided we wanted to get out of the United States for a while and moved to the Netherlands. And wow. uh, we ended up moving to different cities here in the Netherlands. And then we... At one point, we're living on in a heritage home from like 1644 or something. Unbelievably old house, but it's right on what they call the old Verbog wall. 
So it's literally right across the street from the greenhouse. And uh, the greenhouse was the very first coffee shop that uh, my wife and I went to uh, for one of the original cannabis cups. Wow. And in those, in one of those, in that, this was like 1990. Fuck, I'm old. Um, <laughs> the, the, You're not that old, that, Dan. At, at that no. point, the greenhouse was, you know, one of the premium uh, 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 coffee shops in town. And um, in those days, the guy that ran that place and the guy you met was a man named Franco. And if you ever want to get a chance to kind of go back in history and go find like the most fantastic people that were in the industry, Franco from the greenhouse was the original guy. Now, uh, the strain hunters, you guys have heard strain hunters, right? I haven't. They, they, no, they have a They have a big TV show oh. that was on for years and years and years. Um, one of, and my Dutch is terrible and I pronounce names bad, but I think you pronounce his name Aryan who is the guy who runs greenhouse seeds and greenhouse coffee shops. Now his partner was Franco and Franco was the hospitality guy. He was, he was the, the, the educator. He was the, he was fantastic. And he was my first taste of coffee shop etiquette uh, uh, experience. And he was incredible. And he really, hooked me on the whole coffee shop experience. And then of course we got to go around to all the best coffee shops as VIP judges. And I got to hang out with Chef Ra and uh, Steve Hager, who was the, the head editor at that time. This was again, a long, long time ago. Wow. Um, anyway, that kind of got us hooked into it, right? So now here's years and years later, and I'm living on in a house that's almost across the street from the coffee shop there. And in those years now, in between there, I've been to Amsterdam a hundred times. And what happened was one of my most analytical, uh, truth bearing friends that I have from Victoria, BC called me, said, I'm getting ready to come down to visit you. What's the best coffee shop in Amsterdam? And for anybody else, I would just rattle off a bunch of things for this man. You could not do that. You have to give the correct answer. And the correct answer was, I can't give you the right answer because I haven't been to all of them. And at yeah. that time, yeah. props to Neil Cropper, by, uh, by the way, up in uh, Victoria, BC. Uh, at that moment, uh, Captain Hooter was created. I said, okay, we're going to do this. How many coffee shops are there? Okay, there was 169 coffee shops. Uh, maximum you can do is five grams a day. So I could do five coffee shops a day. And so, so when you say just, maximum you can do, what do you mean? So legally the law allows, uh, anyone to buy a, a maximum of five grams per day. If you go to any coffee well, shop, you could go it? to a coffee shop. That's what it is. That's what the, the rule, any coffee shop can sell you maximum five grams a day. Now you can go bounce around to other coffee shops, keep buying all these different grams, but legally. And again, I wasn't trying, I did last thing I wanted to do was piss off anybody. So I was going to follow all the rules. I was buying five grams a day. I was very analytical. I had my all, everything in bagged. Everything's all laid out, did everything. I'm like one week into this. I've got 25 or five days. I've got 25 samples and I was completely fucked. 
and I went, I'm, I can't do this. And it was, it, it was, it was not that I couldn't do it. It was that everything that I was looking at wasn't what I thought it was. So I was seeing things that was like Snoop Dogg, Callie Cush, right? And I know that isn't Snoop Dogg. I know it's not Callie and I knew it wasn't a Cush. This is Amnesia Hayes. Well, I saw Amnesia Hayes called, called 10 different things. And the things that I did know were, didn't make sense to what I was looking at. Now, this is a very different kind of a perspective rather than being a judge to a cannabis cup where you're just looking at everybody's best butts, right? So, sure. um, by the way, wow. when, I decided, when I decided to do this, the way I did it was I tried to copy the Michelin restaurant style. So I only bought whatever the most expensive gram was in the shop. I said the exact same words at every single place. I did the exact same action. I like your style. So that, so that I, like I, I that. wanted to be fair. I wanted to be fair. And so, uh, like uh, so again, I'm like a week into it and I'm screwed. And um, uh, <laughs> I, I, a friend of mine who I've known, who's a, a, an expert said, have you talked to Max Montrose? And I didn't know who Max Montrose was. And uh, I basically Googled him, found out that he was the head of the Tricome Institute, got a little bit of an idea of what he did, sent him a message. Two hours later, I'm talking to him on the phone and I tell him what I'm doing. I'm going to every coffee shop. This is what I'm doing. And he taught me the two most valuable lessons that I've learned still to this day through all the different education that I finished. And lesson number one was forget all the names. Everything that you're looking okay. at is uh, created. It's somebody's uh, idea of what it is. And that was the second one. Don't believe anything that anyone tells you about the bike. Uh, the third thing is you have to learn. Listen how to up, listeners. Yeah. Listen the all fuck up. All of this is, is marketing. The only thing that yeah. matters, the truth, is when you break that bud open and you stick a microscope down in there. And if you are properly trained and you understand everything about all of the trichomes and the bud structure and terpenes and the aroma profiles, you over a period of time will become extremely good at being able to immediately identify the health, fitness, quality of every kind of flower that yeah. there is. And that's and what really that, matters, truthfully. Yes. And I think that Sarah yes. can I, uh, and I can both attest to this is like quality over quantity when you are looking for something specific. If I'm going in and I'm just easy breezy, that's one thing. But if I'm going in and I'm looking for something specific, you really can't take it at face value. You have to go and smoke it, really. You have to consume it. Um, so it, it's very interesting here because, again, this is a very different market than the United States or Canada and, and in a, a million different ways. Here, first of all, a huge hash, hashish market, right? And mm -hmm. because of the hashish market really dominating the market first here, from going back to grandmas, when grandmas were here first smoking, they were mixing shit with tobacco. Right. Right. And it started with mixing tobacco with hashish. And then when flowers started coming in, they started mixing tobacco with, with weed. And, you know, I've lived here, you know, a decade now. And most of the people that I know 
uh, including people that are are qualified judges and can um, ascertain uh, flavonoids and things. I still don't know how, but they do it with tobacco. Um, Mila, wow. the hash queen, who is one of the my most in loved person. I love her more than anybody else here. Uh, tests and tries everything with tobacco. And that's the way she's done it forever. Uh, by the way, if you don't that's know about true. Mila, the hash queen, please, that, yeah. that is another one of those, one of the most historical, incredible women uh, in ever in the cannabis industry. Oh my she gosh, we'll really, have to, we'll have to reach in, out. In reality, she was the first person to open a quote unquote shop here in, in Amsterdam. And it wasn't a coffee shop. In those days, it was called a tea shop. And she opened a tea shop and she gave away doobies for free. Okay. What? So is that, was that legal or that, was that how you had no, to do it? You it couldn't sell it? That and... was the way she got okay. away with it. And that was technically, okay. and then after that, there was another shop called uh, Mellow Yellow. And that was the first legal one that Mellow also was Yellow. a tea. Yeah. And that was a tea shop though, in the beginning. And it wasn't wow. until the Bulldog opened up a shop and that was the first coffee shop. And that since then, it's always been called coffee shops here. Okay. And so they, they then, so in Amsterdam, they created a structure to then accommodate these coffee shops or how did it go from being like tea shops to coffee shops? Bulldog was the first legal. Is that what? Yeah. So (laughs) they were all kind of legal and it, and I don't remember who it was. I think it was one of the mayors who passed a law and they basically passed a law because uh, there were so many junkies that were in the streets and they were everywhere mm. and they had to get them off the streets. And they thought that by creating these shops uh, where people could purchase flour and hashish, it would help to diminish that, which it did. Uh, the thing is, is that in a short period of time, the number of coffee shops grew to like 700 or something. <laughs> there were coffee shops everywhere. That's like that, Toronto, uh, though. Yeah, That's like I, Toronto right now. Yeah, ten feet. So, but it got out of control. They changed the rules. They set up the laws in such a way where it was like the five gram limit. Uh, the coffee shops are only allowed to think. I think it's five hundred grams that they're allowed to store, uh, keep in the house at any time. It's still what they call a backdoor policy. So, growing weed is still illegal here, right? Huh. That's one of the things that very people don't realize is that what? it's illegal here. All of it's still illegal here. The whole process of how the weed magically arrives in the coffee shop, that whole process until it comes through yeah. the back door is illegal. And, uh, so and so it, you've just got these, these companies and I'm assuming they're companies or they're individuals that are supplying these coffee shops by the hundreds and uh, everything that they're it, doing is illegal. So what kind of trouble could they get into if any? So it all depends. And again, this is, you're talking about almost 50 years now of this policy kind of being in place since it started. Wow. And it's still the quote unquote backdoor policy is still in place, so but they can I ask something. Yeah. Sorry. Like, so yeah, everything it's like until, so when does it become legal? Like if all the process of like the growing of the weed, how it gets to the coffee shop, everything, when does it become like legal? As soon as it goes through the so back door. Funny. 
as soon as it goes through the back once door. Once it reaches the back door, yeah. it's like, it's oh, that's so hilarious. Now it's part of the, the inventory of what's going on. It's it's very interesting, <laughs> but it's it's worked. It's worked for, for a lot I of mean, years. Listen, I mean, who am I to judge? There's a lot of... I the, don't care. This place is very is has a lot of um, political elements that are similar to what's going on in Canada. Same as in the United States. So there's there's a obviously a very conservative right and there's a liberal left mm. and, and they're all kind of battling it out. And you know the the mayor here uh, banned smoking weed in the red light district. Um, starting. I heard about this. Ago. I heard about this just before I got there in, um, I was there in May and I walked yep. into a coffee shop and they said today is the first day that it's yep. not allowed. Yeah. You can smoke here, but not there. Literally. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, and that's what we say about States too. That's what Sarah is always yeah. saying about borders. Mm-hmm. Like, well, here's okay if I'm if I'm splitting the border. Here's okay. Here's not okay. Like you guys yeah. and like you know Canada split eight ways. Here split fifty ways. Like it's like it's just it's too annoying. It's so annoying to me. It's crazy. And I mean, listen, well, I hate the politics of it all. I yeah. hate the politics of it all. I really either want these governments to either get in or get out. Yeah. Well, here you know, like I envision. Yeah, I have to give them props because they are at least making an attempt at it. And what they've they've got something called the experiment. That they're doing here and basically it's literally do, literally called the experiment called the experiment <laughs> and what it is is they've taken certain districts within uh the netherlands and said okay these coffee shops here will now be able to receive all of their flour through the front door and the hash or whatever the products through the front door they'll i believe they can even have a higher quantity of it instead of 500 grams i think they can have a thousand but i'm not positive about that i believe it's but all of the weed is being provided by legal growers who are growing legally and they have been over the last two years uh there's a whole bunch of growers and some of the best growers here in the netherlands that were kind of picked to go in there and start growing flour so the way it's going to work essentially is if you're a coffee shop, you're going to have the choice of 10 different uh, growers and each one of those growers will be able to grow as many as 10 cultivars. And so, cultivars would be in layman's terms. Uh, strains. 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 Okay, perfect. Yeah, so 10 different strains. So there's a menu. Uh, you choose yeah. each, you each grower would have a menu that they can offer each store and exactly. that store would have to pick one. That store would have to pick as I understand it, they would have the ability to be able to pick from any of the growers. However, I've also heard about some of the uh, some of the areas or some of the districts and some of the larger um, uh, uh, owners of coffee shops here are already in the process of building their own growing facilities now and getting their own things in place for the eventuality of the legal system uh, right. going forward. There is a ton of fantastic boutique growers here. Yes. And, I uh, can't more. even imagine. Yeah. But you have to hunt to find them. Uh, the, the, the truth is, is, you know, I'm looking at fresh flowers every single week from all of the top coffee shops all around here and in The Hague and uh, throughout the Netherlands. And for the last almost two years, We've been getting an awful lot of really shitty Canadian weed and a lot of shitty California weed that is incredibly seeded 
has bugs in it and is or what I like to call Marilyn Monroe bug, which is a beautiful bud that came from California. You look at it like this and you go, oh my God, she's gorgeous. You break her open. Oh my God, she's 98 years old. Oh, I can't believe Marilyn Monroe (laughs) is 98 years old. And she looks so uh, great. And you smell, there's no smell, you know, completely dead, hard as a rock, nope, usually yeah. by that point. Uh, All of the trichomes inside will be amber or brown. Um, and it's, you know, really easy to spot. Uh, and, you know, the, the reality is that here in Amsterdam, the demand for cannabis heavily outweighs the uh, supply. Uh, that's why uh, you, you don't find you don't find a lot of cured absolutely. you don't find a lot of cured bud here right there's no time well my it's, thing about the thing that i found about the amsterdam cannabis in general is it's just very mild and i don't know if that was what i was consuming but i was walking mm-hmm. in there and i was like give me the craziest like whatever you would smoke from here, that's what I want. Because I always want a bud tender's recommendation. I always want the people who are smoking the most. I want some terpy shit. I don't really care about the THC content specifically anymore, but right. it's definitely for people who are up and coming in this industry that THC content seems to be one of the most important factors, which is right. ridiculous. Well, um, you know, here was- for you- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say in Amsterdam overall, the thing that I noticed was that it was all pretty mild. Even the crazy, crazy shit wasn't super gassy um, or super like face heavy. It was more just like a easy breezy. Yeah. So you're, you're ahead of the game. And, you know, uh, when I go back to California or go to Vegas or come back to the States, I feel like I'm going into another world. Um, you know, I... I, in a good way oh yeah um so so i mean here we have a like i said a lot of good uh local growers that grow a lot of cali strains that are fantastic we get lucky every once in a while and you'll get some cali that comes in that is in you know good shape and it'll be we just don't you don't see a lot of really fresh uh uh uh, things obviously for the obvious reasons right right again this is all illegal for all these these things um so the everyone is getting very creative now um the the prices are still i think in my opinion very high for a lot of these different uh cultivars i was in mike tyson's shop the other day everything in the special menu was 30 euros a gram and uh whoa holy shit and that was for the now and and then over we get into the the hey the piper yeah 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 really uh but that he's not that's not the only shop you know lots of the the, the premium shops that are you will be able to see things like that now i've been doing uh for the last seven months i've been doing all of the social media work for the largest coffee shop in amsterdam free to me um which was I think always in my top two or three of my favorite coffee shops. Since Round of applause, Dan. You um, have grown this audience. Like that is a feat in and of itself. The audience that you've grown in your community and the pre community, like hats off to you. It's fucking you. hard and yeah. you've done a great job. 
you know that the, the I've been teaching people about social media for a very long time and saying do this, do that, do this, do that. It's very different when you actually get in and you get put on the actual front line firing line. And uh, mm -hmm. this type of a coffee shop with the volume that these guys do, they sell again between twenty and twenty-five thousand milkshakes a week. Milkshakes. Damn. The 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 volume when I just left there uh, to come here, there was a line that went to to come in and sit down on any of the second or third floor that was going down the stairs, down the second set of stairs, down to the floor where the menu where you purchase all your flour and everything at the main yeah. stand down there, and there was a line waiting out the door to get in. Oh my god. It, they go through, I mean, it's packed there all the time. And again, wow. demand is vastly outweighs the, the, the supply. So they're constantly looking, trying to, you know, find, <laughs> you know, great flower. And, and the good news is, though, that there are a lot of boutique uh, smaller shops that in the last two years have really upped their game. And they're the ones that are not necessarily on the, the main path where a lot of people are going to be, but they are really taking their flowers seriously and they're really taking mm -hmm. the quality seriously. Um, still always one of my top two coffee shops in all of the Netherlands is in The Hague. And it's a place called the Greenhouse Secret Farmers. Okay. And Greenhouse Secret Farmers. Oh my God. The, the, you know, I, I've been going there since I first came to the Netherlands and I truly think they have one of the greatest advantages of uh, so many coffee shops because they picked off some of the very best growers early in their careers and mm. stayed with them, kept going with them, growing them, going through the, all of their different cultivars and growing their, their, their mm. reputations. And now this shop is producing on a regular basis. You know, you want to make a beeline there. It's one of the automatic stops. You know, I recommend to everybody is you, you need to go there and sample some of these premium boutique flowers. And the Hague yeah. is, is not just there. Kremers, my Dutch is terrible. Kremers, uh, the Dizzy Duck is the other one that's one of my favorite <clears throat> ones there. Um, and that's a, a, an awesome. Great names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if you want to go to the beach, there's a place called Yanks which is in a city called Zandvoort. And it is one of the most bitching place. I, I maybe the most expansive menu uh, of any coffee shop I've ever seen. I mean, they, oh they're down to selling you honey uh, uh, and, you know, as well as all the, you know, soap and infused. I mean, they've got everything and excellent flour. Ah, uh, the, yeah. that's like, <clears throat> that's what we need is, um, in Toronto anyway, and in the, the market is those spaces, like the coffee shop space, the sitting and the enjoying, um, you know, it's truthfully one thing that I think the Western world doesn't do right at all. And it's like the sitting and the enjoying, like even the Starbucks don't have chairs in it. Like we don't set it up that way. We don't want people to stay. Um, but for cannabis, it's like Sarah and I are always talking about how important spaces are and like having those consumption lounges. Yes. Well, again, that, that was I the do. thing about pre to me 
And that's the reason why I love that space, that space so much. I mean, they've got all of these different locations, which are absolutely, everyone is unique in its own way. Yeah. Uh, just before I came here, I was waiting for another, uh, one of our other uh, uh, guests, uh, and uh, I was in the movie room. And I just went in and sat in the movie room, and they're watching the new Jackass movie. And, ah. and it was hilarious. I mean, we're, they're all, I mean, the place, everybody's cracking up. And, and, you know, I'm waiting for my guest. The next room right over, completely different vibe. The whole, everything in there is the music. It's all oh, about the so music. So hold on. So Captain, question for you, Captain. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do want you to kind of walk us through for our listeners, um, walk us through pre me. But for you, Captain, did you always know you wanted to be in, in cannabis? Did, was cannabis always something that called to you? Like, mm, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, of a smile that so just I'm, came I'm on a, your face. I'm, I'm embarrassed about some of the things because it almost sounds like child abuse. But I mean, I, I don't you I, dare be embarrassed. I, I, I had, I, I mean, I, I smoked my first joint at ten. I had a stepmom that was a hippie. She was a hippie. She taught me how to. She taught me how to roll joints with American flags so that you could line up the Who stripes. Did? It was a stepmom, and uh, your so stepmom. I had a stepmom, and so I, I. I knew how to roll joints like like a master by the time I was eleven, um, and uh, yeah, You're pretty 10. much. Okay, so I, I'll, let me tell you a funny story. So I was in the Navy. Uh, at one point, uh, we were in uh, 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 Thailand, and the this is the basic story. Somebody asked to buy a Thai stick. He gave him some money. The kid ran away thinking that he got robbed. There may or may not have been two uh, Thai hooker girls. I think they're called uh, tiger girls that were there and uh, assisting. And the kid comes back with a bag full of Thai sticks. Okay. And it was like, oh shit, this is like really illegal for us to be doing right quickly. So, and Thai uh, yeah, sticks are what? Uh, so in those days, it was a super dark, sticky, it almost tasted like it was dipped in some shit, and it was tied with almost like a, a wax uh, type of a, a, a string. Like what, oh, so okay. you unwrapped kind of it, unwrapped it, right? And so um, what happened was, again, there were, the two girls were together. She sent the kid away with the bag. Uh, she grabbed, and I, this is the only time I've ever seen this in my life and I've tried to duplicate it and I could never been able to duplicate it. She took the string ah. off of it. She took her hand upside down like this, went, whoosh, took all of the bud in her hand like this. She put her other hand out like this. Her girlfriend put a paper across her hand like this. She rolled and, she like and it. dribbled it down into the thing. Went like oh, this. Cool. Uh, bam. So it was technically a one-handed joint assisted, right? Because oh my goodness. Okay, so That's I can't. So cool. I, there's like a there's some rude things I could say here, and I'm not going to get into this about the strength of her hand to be able to use it as a grinder. Um, but the <laughs> fact that, that, that uh, the fact that that she was able to do that one-handed joint, and I mean she did it like a master. It's like ah, bam! I do this all the time, and I've tried to do it a million times, and I still can't. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what you're describing, I like, I, I can, I can envision it, but I'm just like, holy, I would be mesmerized. No yeah. way. There's 
How do you come home with Listen, me? Also, I line... really hope that is something that they have passed down through generations. Like, <laughs> I am <laughs> low-key hoping that if I go to Thailand and I'm on a beach mm -hmm. and I hand a kid 50 bucks, yeah. he better come up with these tie sticks. <laughs> It's weird wow. because I was talking about this the other day and there's, I've got all these like little highlights through my life of, of having interactions with things that were truly amazing or people that were truly amazing that really enhanced my love for this, that literally created Captain Hooter, you know, when it was time to go do this job, it was like, I had already done a whole bunch of crazy shit, you know? Um, so uh, you hinted at it, but who gave you the name? Are you self, you are self cap who called you Captain Hooter? How would like, tell us how that happened. Right. So, uh, going back, uh, again, uh, 20, 30 years ago, I had some friends that we all hung out together. And when any time that we wanted to, uh, twist a joint, uh, whoever was going to roll the joint had was like, this is a job for Captain Hooter. And they uh, would give it to me because I would roll the biggest, fattest joints. And that was the, that was kind of the thing. So I you just did, captain, oh, captain, my captain. Captain, my captain like, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I love, and, love this. But it was never something that I really was ever conscious of or really focused on a lot until it was time to write the book, right? Until then I was hustling and doing things like everybody else. So, you know, I was working my job and I was doing some things with the boxing. Uh, 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 I worked with, do you know who Al Bernstein is? He was uh, one of the announcers from uh, um, uh, Showtime Television. I was raised, my father was a big boxing fan and a, a UFC fan. So I was raised- We're uh, big UFC fan. Uh, I, I, I've got some amazing stories there too. I got to smoke a joint or a sneak a toke in the middle of Caesar's Palace with Nick Diaz. Walking I was going to say, don't say the Diaz brothers. Don't. I'm so jealous. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Nick Diaz. And <laughs> like, talk about a master. Talk about a boss. I mean, we're walking down the thing. I walked by. I just got through taking a puff out of the sneaker choke. He goes, what's in the pipe? I say, killer. And he goes, hit me. And we're right in the middle of the main thoroughfare of Caesar's Palace. Blew it out. He turned around. Care. Took a picture. Gave zero fucks. Love him. Ah. Absolutely love him. Okay, I'll tell you one quick boxing story, and I want to go into this. I was at the Boxing Hall of Fame, okay, and I'm doing something, and um, I somebody had just driven me some killer, killer butt, and I'm in a little rental car. I got a little sneak a toke. You guys know what a sneak a toke is? No. Mm -mm. God, I don't have one on me. Uh, it's it's generally a little. Grab it, um, yeah. I do have one. <gasps> Right yeah. in his pocket. Oh. That is a sneak attack. That is a, oh, that is, is so that? sleek and sneaky. Wait, okay. tell us about yeah. it. What is it? Okay. Okay. So this is, especially if you're going to be in Europe and you're going around to different cool spots, you definitely want to have a sneak attack. And hold on. Need one other piece of. Oh, here. he's getting up. What's he getting? This break is brought to you by Airvape. Airvape is the world's most portable and advanced line of dry herb vaporizers. They are a luxury company prioritizing sustainability and customer service. They have created products for everyone, consistently building specifically from their customer feedback. Airvape's Legacy Pro is for the stylish smoker who's looking to get a premium smoking experience with both dry flower and concentrates. 
They have products ranging in price and functionality, and there's really something for everyone. And our listeners get an exclusive discount. Use the code AWRPODCAST20. That's AWRPODCAST20 for an exclusive 20% off your purchase. You can shop using the link in our description. Got it. All right. Now, the story with Sneakatoke is if you're going to anywhere you go and you want to smoke and you want to be stealth, there's a one-two kind of punch you need. One, Sneakatoke. Two, Smoke Buddy. Whoa. Whoa. Everybody get listen up. What is Okay, so that? I'm assuming that is what you blow the smoke into. Right. Okay. What comes out? Okay. So, so tell us about the sneak a... and toke. Is that like a okay. like a cart? Okay, so you load it, Wait. you light it. Oh. Get the F out. Get the fuck okay. out of here. Okay. So now you see the process. Now, here's the funny story. I'm at the Boxing Hall of Fame. I just got through taking okay. a hit in the car. I'm walking down the hallway and a hand comes on top of my head and turns me around and I look up and the guy is six foot nine, two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Riddick Bowe. And get the ass I know this, I, I remember all of his fights. I knew him really well. I knew who the manager was. He says, you smell good. <laughs> Damn right uh, I yeah. do. I say, yeah, I do. And I said, he says, you just have something to smoke? I said, yeah. He said, come on in. I go into his room. The little hotel that's right next to the Boxing Hall of Fame is like a Holiday Inn. And all the rooms are like paper thin. There's big gaps mm-hmm. underneath the door. So this is something that you cannot fuck up smoking because it's going to get everywhere, right? So I'm a little guy. And I'm smoking. I'm trying to teach this gigantic man oh. how to smoke a sneakatoke <laughs> and then how to blow the smoke into this thing. <laughs> and it was, it's hilarious, the, the process. <laughs> what a blast. Even, I had to light this for him and then hand it to him because, again, just the features of his whole mouth made it so that <laughs> it was impossible to... to like- so anyway, Literally. we end up smoking. <laughs> we end up we he ends up blowing the smoke all over the room. We're oh my totally, gosh. we're totally busted. And we're gonna get to the point here in a second. We go out the door. No, it's a complete can't. bust. The the guy that was like the head of the, the thing is goes, Hey, oh, what's going on? And uh, uh, uh Riddick Riddick, you've got a thing you have to go for a photo shoot, and he goes, No, I gotta go to the bank. And he says, the bank. And he goes, yeah, he's driving me. <laughs> no. Pointing to you, I'm you? assuming. I'm driving you. Okay. <gasps> he wanted to smoke more weed. And yeah, I got like a, this little tiny rental car. And I got this gigantic, huge man sitting <laughs> next to me. And we're, and we're smoking. His knees are like up to his chest up here trying to fit into my little car. I got it all the way back. And he's... <laughs> He's humongous. I had the best time ever with him. We laughed and giggled, and and he was like this totally. I'm loving this story. Fuck, it was outrageous. I mean, how many times do you get a chance to, you know, 
smoke weed and with the, oh my God. The, a heavyweight champion of the world, right? You don't. Like, and <laughs> when you get the opportunity, you take it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so do you do you have a favorite smoking story? I mean, you've had so you've had all these incredible things happen. You took your first toke at ten. You're rolling joints like a I'm gonna say a motherfucker, yeah. like yes. a fucking connoisseur. Yeah. By eleven, yeah. you know, you have all these experiences in your life. Do you have a favorite? Is there one that stands out, or is it just? I mean, there's so many cool different. I mean, I've now met most of the heroes and people that I really wanted to meet. I did an interview with Tommy Chong. That was the first concert I ever saw. Oh. Very first concert I ever saw was Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong? Yeah. Live on Shout stage. Opening, opening act was Seals and Crofts. Fuck, I'm so old. I can't believe how old. No. no. This is Stop like, it. what? This is like 1970. The fact that you got to live it and tell the tale, I think is like, we're all jealous. Yeah. Very cool. Anyway, I got to tell I got to tell Tommy that story. I said, "Yeah, man, you were the very first concert I ever wow. saw in my entire life." And he said, yeah, far out. Oh, yeah. Man. That's, That's so cool. I brought him a joint when he first got out of prison. I saw him in Victoria, BC. He had a he came out with a book called The I Chong, and he was doing a tour all around Canada. And I rolled him a big fat killer proper Tommy Chong uh, joint and uh, took it to the book signing and. Oh man, I can't smoke it. I'm on probation, man. No. I said you can't buy urine with all the money you've got. You can't buy clean urine. Come on, urine. monkey no, way. I mean, this is <laughs> monkey way. See, I love. He's so well, nice. Speaking of books, He's we're here for guy. you. So, all right. So you you have all these amazing experiences. When did yeah. you? When did you? Where you're like, I'm gonna write a book. I mean, Captain Hooters Connoisseur's Guide to Amsterdam Coffee Shops. When were you like, I'm writing this down? Yeah, well, it, I mean, literally on that phone conversation. And that was, I think, on a Saturday night. And on Monday, I started writing the Wait, book. Wait, who were we talking to? And who's the phone? The who's on the phone? The, that was my friend, Neil, from uh, Victoria, who asked me what was the best Amsterdam. coffee shop in, in Amsterdam. And I mm-hmm. had to tell him, I don't know. I haven't the uh, been to And snap, there goes and the light bulb. I'm going to write the guide. It. Yep, yep. This is a job for Captain Yes, this Hooters. is a job. This is a job for Captain Hooter. I already, I had the name of the book just before I even went to the first place. I already knew what I was going to do. So, uh, Alliteration is a wonderful thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you got to get locked in. I think oh, that's yeah. the hardest thing for people is just to get started, you know? And then once you get started, you know, like I said, I was a weekend and I was screwed. But Max Montrose spent uh, like two hours with me on the phone and gave me enough uh, interpreting training that I was able to continue the book and continue the process just from taking it from a different perspective. And then, uh, I ended up finishing the book. I went to all 168 coffee shops. It was at that point. And I picked out the top 20. And then two years after that, I went back and I didn't do all 169 because probably 69 of those at that point really sucked. So I just went mm-hmm. to the top 100 and picked out the top 20 from that 100. Wow. So I had a top 20 for 2020 and then the pandemic hit. And my wife and I went to uh, Montego Bay, Jamaica and spent two years there. Uh, the whole pandemic you we spent bounced? in uh, Jamaica. Yeah. God went to Jamaica. Good for you guys. And, and while I was there and during the pandemic, I wrote the Connoisseur's Guide to the Jamaican Herb Houses. 
and I went to every single herb house and met most of the top growers in Jamaica and then did not write the book. And I did not write the book because um, I don't want to hurt anyone there. And unfortunately, during that whole time frame, all the flower, most of the flower that I saw was, you know, not a lot of stuff that you want to write home about mm. and uh, definitely wow. not write a book about. Uh, so, they're all fantastic. But go ahead. Go ahead. They're much better now, by the way. I was going to say they're much better now. And the mushrooms in Jamaica are fantastic. Oh, we love to travel. So um, uh, you mentioned Jamaica a little bit, but now I have to ask what the Jamaican scene is like. Like if you were there in the pandemic, maybe not what it's like now. You don't want to phone home about it, but what's the legal? What's the non-legal? What's what's the sitch? Yeah. So they've got herb houses. They've got places where you can smoke all over the place. There are some really fantastic, luxurious locations uh, that Ooh. you can go all around the island now. Um, and there are, like I said, some really spectacular growers. The one thing I did learn while I was there is that most of the very, very, very premium Jamaican bud, you will never see. And I will never see. It's all pre-sold, yeah. pre-done out the door nobody's ah and um, sold to who it uh, that's kind of cool uh, sites unknown that is kind of cool i don't oh. I, I don't i don't usually go i don't usually pry into extra questions like that i'll just gotcha uh, gotcha and i respect the captain maybe now we yes. don't mind our own business but we can use our imaginations yeah. of course absolutely yeah 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 no it, it's it's a premium market and you know the uh lamb's bread uh, i just got through uh, buying some lamb's bread here in Amsterdam. Here's the funny part again. Never believe a story, but this one came with a great story. Said it was smuggled here in a rum barrel. And, Get uh, out! In a rum barrel. And uh, they sold it for four euros in 50, uh, uh, 450 uh, uh, a gram, which is unbelievably inexpensive for here. Yeah. Great. It smelled exactly like legit lamb's bread. It had 10,000 seeds in it. I got all the seeds out of it and we smoked it and it was fantastic. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. It tasted just like it's Jamaican, real legitimate, you know. Wow. It's one of those so is... few cultivars that are that close to being, you know, quote unquote pure sativa. Okay. That was what I was going to ask is like, I've, so I've never heard of lamb's bread. I am very new to this industry. Um, but from a technical perspective, like what is it that made it so good? What is it? Like, what was the high like? And I also kind of want to ask, like, what you find yourself doing when you have this incredible flower. Yeah. Uh, so this is definitely, it's a narrow leaf. Okay, so let me start with this. Since you're new in the industry, I'm going to, and because I care about you and I love watching your work and I love what you've been creating, I'm going to give you the, the advice I give to almost everyone else who keeps coming to me and asking me, okay, you've been doing these videos, you've been doing this a long time and Tell me you about know, you're now in the industry. Number one thing, most important thing is education. I can't recommend high enough that you should go, definitely go look at Tricom Institute is one of those. Uh, I've, I've probably known now 20, 30, 40 people that I've sent there who are now professional interpreters. You can do it all online. It's not super expensive. Um, I'm definitely looking into it. Home. It's once you understand the flower and understand 
it to this level. It gives you a different perspective and it also gives you a different level of authority with other people that you're going to be interacting with. And when you are able to counter whatever the bullshit or marketing that somebody is telling you by saying, well, yes, this is really beautiful, but it's got seeds in it. Yeah. Um, yes, this is really fantastic, but it's got bugs in it and it's got webbies all over it. Uh, this is wonderful, but this is mold. Yeah. This is mildew. Um, this is great. This is jar rot. Um, you know, uh, my friend um, Robert, who is also a, a, an interpreter, is a true cannabis sommelier in, in every sense, in that his nose, he has trained his nose like a legit hardcore sommelier. There, you know, there's over 100 different cannabis terpenes. And to get to know all of them and to be able to be pretty proficient with all of them is quite a skill. And he pulls stuff and he even starts creating his own terminology for things that he can't find. You know, well, you have to. There's you know, so I, little research on it, there's so yeah. little breakdown. And in order to understand it, you have to do such a deep dive into all of this other context because there's terminology like it's. It's like wine. Like this is yes, the reference that is. we are always making, but like that's why we want to talk about different climates and growing and flower in different spaces because like growing in a climate like Jamaica versus the Netherlands versus Canada versus Florida, like it's all so different. It's so different. Hydroponic versus outdoor versus indoor. All of these mm -hmm. provide you and create a completely different type of a, an output, uh, even with the same genetics. You'll still get the basics, but you'll get a completely different plant yeah. depending on the environment. You know, the, the other thing is, you know, you, you talked about the sommelier, and, and that truly is the, the, the direction that you're going here. And at the same time, bud tenders, and this isn't my idea, but it's one that I support 100%. Do you know Luna Stower? Luna Stower? from uh, iSpire. She's also one of the leading women in cannabis. Uh, uh, I interviewed her not long ago, and uh, it's one of the biggest things that I believe in that bud tenders should be trained and paid at the level of a pharmacist. Oh, I yes, 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 yes. Should truly understand. Yeah. Can't even begin to tell you how many people that I see. I had a lady that came to me the other day that lived in a, a, a obscure part of England who had seen a video I had done two years ago where I was talking about, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was creating mm -hmm. some vaginal suppositories, cannibal, cannabis uh, suppositories. And uh, this, ah, oh no, it was yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. We're on brand. So Whoopi okay. Goldberg? Oh, Whoopi okay, Goldberg. yes. Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, yeah. So, uh, it's Whoopi Goldberg, and she had some suppositories with this other girl, and this girl was having some uh, issues and uh, didn't even know anything existed. And she's living in a place where there was no medication, saw the video I did, got in contact with somebody else, got somebody else to create some medicine for her, and oh got her God. problem taken care of. And she came here to Amsterdam, and this was like during the pandemic, and she said, I just want to come and give you a hug. And I went, I don't know you. She goes, you have no idea how much you helped me just from, I watched your, yeah. your video. And it's like, you never know 
what piece of information you're going to yeah. put out somewhere that might end up coming back in a, Yeah, as a, a bud tender, it's also kind of like way. I so I am always our store is set up in a very challenging way, as most stores in Toronto are now. You know, it's broken down from a most places will break it down from a sativa indica or hybrid perspective. Um, but now the first question I'm asking is like, what are you looking for? Do you want to go up or you want to come down? Yeah, that's that's here. Amsterdam, number one question. Do you want to get higher or you want to get stoned? Yeah. Yeah. You want to get high or you want to get stoned? I love that. Yeah. Question. Yep. Easy question. And yeah, it's you know, true. It's... But it, it that's what people know. And I think that that is also the foundation for that education piece is like, okay, well, these are the things that you're going to want. If these are the things that you experience, these are mm -hmm. the things that you're going to want. But unfortunately, if we unpack it further and we won't, cause there isn't enough time in the world, but what the marketing has done is blurred the lines between the education and the the uh, breakdown of the science versus the feelings. Right. Like indica is going to put you in the couch and sativa is going to put your, no, that's not yeah. how it works. That's not what is actually based on and what's actually happening. And you're finding that, oh, why is there an LA wedding pop sativa and an LA wedding pop indica? Well, because do you really want me to break it? Like, it's just, there's so much. So yeah. I'm hoping that as, um, we're still so new. This whole yeah. space, the legal space especially, is so new. As time goes on, these butt tenders, the people like me, hopefully, who are learning from people like you, who are learning the behind and the science and the sommelier of it all, hopefully we will soon come up and we also then have a skill set of business and, you know, we can then be the people but it takes time and yeah. it takes a lot of educating and a lot yeah. of stigma breaking all the way around. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of the reasons, you know, I created uh, something over at pre to me uh, when they first asked me to come over there and I created this thing called a perfect day. And so this is a five pack of pre rolls. You created I this. And so Captain. And when you open it, you have pre-rolls that are done inside, and then there's a card, and the card uh, gives you the general information and a QR code, and then Beautiful. you go to the website for a perfect day in Amsterdam, and it has itineraries and schedules that are coordinated with the pre-rolls. So you start with a perfect you day. start with the sativa with breakfast. Captain Hooter day. Blow me away. I'm blown away. Oh my I, gosh. I, I hope that that's Thank something you. that'll actually grow somewhere. I, I own all of the uh, uh, websites for a perfect day, Toronto, perfect day. Vancouver, Perfect Day, Los Angeles, Perfect Why Day. Not Why, are we... <laughs> Why not take this to market? Gotta... Why are we not taking this to market? I think it's a cool thing to do. Why are you not? Uh, I'm, I'm busy. Yeah. Why are, why are we not shouting this from the rooftops? Why are we not taking this to market? Yeah, Why? I'm busy here right now. I mean, I, I promise. You are busy. I'm doing, I, I agreed to do a residency. Uh, I told them I, I couldn't lock my brand into one place for too long. I said, I'll be like Adele. I'll do a, a residency here with you, like uh, in Las Vegas. I love that. And uh, 
I yeah, love that. And it's been a wonderful experience. I love all the people that treated me and I've met some incredible people. And honestly, inside that place, it's like the United Nations of weed. So let's talk about pre to me. Yeah. So like, tell me like captain, yeah. like, like tell our listeners, tell the people who are listening, like I, what is pre to me? Like, um, pre to me, like what, what, do, what do they offer? Yeah. You know, why come there? So it's, uh, so many different things. Uh, I've been using hashtag uh, Amsterdam's first stop and Amsterdam's last stop. Um, when you come off of the central station, off the train, which so many people do, um, you walk across the street, there's one street, one alley, you're at pre to me. It is the closest okay. coffee shop to the central station. It is the largest coffee shop in Amsterdam. It has over 500 seats. It opens at 7 o'clock in the morning, closes at 1 o'clock in the morning, 365 days a year. Again, Holy moly. They have probably one of the best breakfasts in town. Uh, the menu is, is always packed with wonderful uh, varieties of Cali, uh, U.S., uh, dry sift, isolators, uh, pre-rolls. Again, I highly recommend that Captain Hooter pre-roll in particular. That's the one that I yep. think it might be a your must. winner. Hell yeah, uh, a must try. <laughs> a must, must try. A must have. They have uh, 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 just a ton of good shit. The, the milkshakes start first thing in the morning. I see people come in. They bring their luggage. They can't check into their hotel till 1 o'clock. They come in at 7.30. Mm -hmm. They store the luggage with the security guys up front. They go mm -hmm. up. They order a big breakfast, buy a bunch of weed, and sit there and watch movies until 1 o'clock. Smoking and yep, partying, chill. right? And those security men are extremely lovely. I also have to point out they yeah. are very, very, very nice. They literally took all of my luggage off my hands. They were like, we got it. Don't worry about it. Go get high. Yeah. You know, the, the, the staff... Huh? The thing that I didn't realize coming into this was, you know, the how much safety those guys provide everyone. And they're mm -hmm. they're so talented. And it's one of the reasons why I think pre to me has probably the highest ratio of female guests. You often see single female, two female, three female, yes. four females and groups come there all the time. And yep. it's safe. Because the place has got a zillion cameras in the in there, and people are watching and looking out for you. Wow! I mean, this place sounds like a dream. Any like, are there any like love stories? Any meet cutes that happen there? Like, I think stuff happens all the time. I it's funny because again, running the social media, I get all the messages that come in from Instagram. A lot of right. girls are in love with the security guys. We get regular messages <laughs> all the time saying, "I okay, would be lying if I, I said they did." <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were lovely. That's yeah, <laughs> all yeah, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> that across the board, uh, that's that's probably uh, although our bud tenders uh, also are all uh, a, a wide range. Everybody of, is honestly so nice. Like you can tell, it's just like such a concerted effort yeah, of yeah. safe spaceness and vibe checks and you know every time like you can sometimes feel like you are in the way of people working 
Um, yes. And like there, they're ne- never, never. Yes. They're like, oh my God, no, please. Like, don't worry about it. Like, how you doing? Do you have enough? Like, do you yeah. need a grinder? Like, let me know. <laughs> it's, again, completely different than so many other places. There's so many other places you go in. There's no place like, like it. There are, and it's almost like really as soon as you sit down, the, the guy's going to go, <sighs> okay, yeah. what do you want? Yeah. Everybody right. loves it's what like, they're doing. Everybody's excited to be there. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. They're passionate and they care. And, and yep. you know, caring is something that's that's not in abundance. I, I'm not sure in a lot of different no. uh, places in the world anymore, especially in the hospitality. For me, and, yeah. and I've been telling everybody, you know, all the staff know me now, and they watch how I've been handling the social media. And I tell them all the same thing. I just, I'm treating this exactly like this is my home. I am the stony grandfather or uncle or whatever you want to call me. And I'm inviting and welcoming everybody to come here and expect the best quality of the best yeah. food, the best music, the best vibes. And that's what we're about. And that's, uh, and making sure that people know that we care. And yeah. that is different with social media. That's why I reached out to you, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that doesn't happen here. Um, no, but that was also like some of the things like, especially in the digital space, right? It's so easy for it to feel inauthentic. It's so easy to feel fake and to feel like you want something. And, but as soon as we started communicating, it was so a hundred percent authentic. And I think that like, it's usually the case like that for real I don't want to say real stoners, but for real stoners, for people yeah. who like give a shit about this community, give a shit about where it's going and the people that are in it. And, you know, I'm really, never really as comfortable here in, in Amsterdam or here in the Netherlands as I am when I'm inside of a coffee shop. I usually find my people there. I don't know if you guys have, did you ever, did anyone ever teach you how to properly smell a bud? No, so you no. can tell. You can tell what but it walk is. us through it. I have some okay. delicious bud right here. Okay, I will show you right now, and it's uh, I have a little bud here, but it'll work. Uh, no, it won't. So basically, what you're gonna do is take your flower, whatever it is, you want to break it in half, and then you're gonna smell it three different times. The first time is low and slow, so you'll go. And the and whole we're time, it right up to our nose, right up as close as you right. need to get. And the whole time you're doing that, you're thinking, "Am I smelling that on the bottom part of my nose? Is that where I'm smelling this? Is that okay. really coming in there?" The next one is three quick ones. So you go, and now you're thinking about the middle of your nose, and then the last one you do okay. hard and fast. So. And if it's a broadleaf indica, you'll generally smell it on the bottom of your nose. If it's sativa, you'll get it at the top of your nose and hybrid in the middle of your nose. And when you start doing it all the time and you start practicing, you'll get really fucking good at it. This is indica dominant, huh. uh, but just barely. You know, I, I there's I know a couple people that can pinpoint everything right. Now, the interesting thing also with that is about the Netherlands and about aroma perception and familiarity. We have grown up Mm. in Canada and the United States where we've had this wide variety of cultivars since we were kids, right? So many different names, so many different flowers. Here, Mm. for decades, they had like 
a dozen. And they got really good at identifying, you know, amnesia haze. Those dozen. Uh, you know, amnesia haze, uh, 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 Durban poison. They're, they're certain that they've just wow. had locked in that we're here all the time. And a lot of the coffee shop owners and a lot of people who are buying buds here have amazing Rolodexes in their head. And they can grab a bud, brand bud, quote, that's uh, biscotti. Uh, like this straight is, up like a sommelier. Dude, like. first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it. It was like, I went, you're kidding me. You can't just went no, and and this is we're gonna have twenty different buds here, and the first one you go amnesia haze, you had it, and and then I it was only years later that I realized how common amnesia haze was here, you know, it was something yeah. that's like uh, everyone should be able to do it, but again, the, that's one of the dramatic differences between where we grew up and this market here, but. Uh, it's this market is exploding right now. It's doing so well, and again, I'm excited. So all the a lot of the little shitty coffee shops have all done renovations, got new owners, and have new people in charge, and and the attitudes and the the effort and the care um, that was missing from before is all coming back here. So now I'm. I mean, that's so so beautiful to hear, and so I'm. I have never been. It is on my bucket list and having met you now, I'm like, I want to buy a flight right now. I know exactly my first stop, my first stop and my last stop. Oh my God. And there are, are going to be so, so many good restaurants, so many cool clubs, so many cool, different, unique and unusual places to check out here. Um, it's, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's still my favorite city to, to visit and I'm living here now, so. That's so awesome. Cause I never grew up with this. And so when I moved to Canada, that was the first time that I had ever had the opportunity to live in a legal, a legal market. Ugh. You know, I had always done the illegal stuff. I always had to find a plug. I always had to find a drug dealer. I always had to, you know, have an unreliable source mm. basically. And when I moved to Canada, like my whole mind was blown and then I'm in the alcohol industry. So I see nothing. I, I want them to be exactly the same. I see nothing but incredible opportunity. You know, I want to smoke blunts from the South of France. I want to smoke weed that's been grown in Italy. I want to like, I have such a vision. I think we have, the, I think we're on the same page, yeah. but you know, I, I just see the opportunity and I, we're here trying to figure it out. Like we're here trying to start paving the way and to get these, this ball rolling. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you know again, people thinking, Part of the best part about being here is, again, if you want to get your finger in or get a, an idea of what's going on in the rest of the world, this is the place to do it. People are using cannabis you know, uh, responsibly, I think, in a lot of different places, and it's growing you know, all over the world. We need uh, to I showcase think, that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there was a report from High Times, or one of the things said the largest growing segment of cannabis users right now is 50 and over. Five oh yes so yes because we have so many sorry. go ahead no no I, I was, was just gonna, gonna say like that that you would think that's a shocking statistic but sorry captain like we have so many of our listeners reaching out to us to be like I want to dabble how do you suggest we dabble you know like and they're fifty somethings okay. you know they're yep. people where you they were growing up and the kids that they went to high school with that smoked weed were bad those were the bad kids right we're like. You know, Keith is growing up in a market now where she started, you know, she's been able to shop at a store since, since 
since she wanted to start using cannabis. Yeah. yeah. You know, she didn't have to do anything naughty or illegal, yeah. you know, but these boomers that are all like, oh, now that these stigmas are being broken down, they're all like, oh, maybe it would be okay if I just took an edible. My mother. My mother. Yes. Like she rolls great joints. Yeah. Literally <laughs> now even- all she does is rub this bomb. She um she has really bad knees. And CBD and CBD bomb and THC bomb and these topicals are a game changer for her. And they're the only thing that is attacking exactly what she needs yeah. and nothing else. Because that's the other thing with all of these other substances is that they yeah. have Maybe they solve your problem, but there's side effects or there's other things that you end up experiencing. And Yeah. So a couple of things. One, on the medical side, on the topical thing, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot about from the different people I've been interacting with, again, here, a lot of people are creating their own medicine, right? Yeah. Because they don't, again, so many things are still illegal here. So they're, they're doing things old school, Rick Simpson uh, style. And like with psoriasis in particular, there's people that are doing some very interesting formulations where they're combining the THC with the CBD. Uh, because a lot of the people that were using the CBD clean by itself found that it was working, but it also caused you to itch. And so right. uh, it kind of defeated the purpose of the psoriasis thing. They ended up uh, with irritations from, from that standpoint. I'm talking to 400 people a day on an average with all kinds of different uh, uh, issues, uh, traumas, uh, successes. I've got uh, lead singers of bands and authenticity is the key to all of this. Um, Amen. In my opinion. uh, In our community, I mean, it's hard to find community, right? It's hard to connect people because this is a mostly like illegal thing that we're dealing with, right? But when you when you get in, when you go through the curtain, to me, it has been nothing but like-minded, kind, welcoming, and incredible people. You'll find them that I've been able to. You'll meet. find them. Yeah. But yes. there's also a lot of dicks out here, and you know, it's sure. It, it's it's. There's it's, a lot of people who don't want to see you succeed in this industry. Now, learn from everyone. Everybody has something to teach you and we're all picking up. I learn something every single day from new people, old people all across the board. I'm really weak in hash. Uh, I didn't grow up with hash in California. We didn't have right. it. You had Mexican hash. But that's what's so that's great. my thing. Constant state, that's what's constant so state of learning. I think that's the only yes. way that this industry is going to, you know, grow and is, you know, you need people who are versed in more than one thing, several things. Um, uh, just you guys, have a good time. Go follow. Well, thank you for everything. You <laughs> go follow Pre-Dummy. Follow Captain Hooter. Buy his book on Amazon. It's a best. Plug yourself. I was like, take the stage. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, anything people. you want to? If you haven't seen her, one of the greatest uh, cannabis influencers here in Amsterdam is Lady Cushy Dog, and uh, Lady she's Cushy. she's. She's Lady Cushy Dog, and uh, she's my beautiful little doggy. Well, thank you so much. Yep. This was incredibly informative. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you for inviting I'm honored me. to know you now. It's This is amazing. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for telling your stories. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing you all here. We're going to have a blast. Yes. Yes, we'll do this again. We'll have to. Fantastic.
I'm here. Let's do one from inside P2B. <gasps> yes. Yes. Proper yes. smoke session. Maybe we can all be our first on site. In the VIP. Our first on site. It'll have Perfect. to be. It'll have to be. There's no other alternative. We <laughs> thank you guys again for listening, for watching. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Are we recording dot podcast on Instagram and TikTok? You can check us out. Um, thank you. Thanks again, Captain. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for coming to our fucking podcast. You got it. Outstanding. Talk to you guys later. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and you want to continue to support us, you can hit us up in the tip jar, which is in the description of our episode. And we cannot wait to see you next week.